Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hey, uh, great to have you here. I know Chris has already welcomed you, but I want to welcome you once again. Uh, Tonight I want to speak about the, the courage of the cross. You know, courage is such an interesting word that we use in a, um, in a variety of settings. Uh, it can be courageous to maybe try something new or overcome uh, maybe a fear of heights or a fear of spiders or sharks or snakes or other animals that start with the letter S. Um, our daughter gets her L plate soon. I think we'll be needing some courage. Or uh, maybe she'll be needing some courage to be with us in the car. We can, we can speak about courage for a whole variety of reasons. Um, the word courage can be pulled out when someone moves past a, a, a tragic event when they you know, save the day in a time of crisis or stand firm in their beliefs and swims upstream against the prevailing culture. And so I want to talk about the courage of the cross tonight. But I want to start um, by speaking about something else courageous. Uh, uh, a week or so ago, um, our family watched a National Geographic documentary. I know that sounds like a very smart and sophisticated, but that was the odd occasion. It, like it wasn't The Mandalorian or a Marvel movie or something like that. It was, it, it was a doco. Um, you may have seen it. Um, I'll explain a little bit about it. It's called Free Solo. And has anyone seen Free Solo? Yes. Two people. Excellent. All right. And also my family members. Great. Um, so that's good. So I'm going to explain it. I'm actually going to show you a clip. So that's, that's good. Not, not wasted. Um, so it's a story of a rock climber, a guy by the name of Alex Honnold, who, who performed a free solo. That means by yourself. That means no ropes, no safety. So he, he performed this free solo of the ascent of what's known as El Capitan, which is in the Yosemite Valley in California. Um, there's the, there's the, um, the granite rock face. Um, can we show the picture of him? I think that was next or before. This is him up the rock. It's crazy. So it's over 3,000 feet of granite cliff face. Amazingly courageous or extremely stupid. You know, you could go either way depending on what you think. But just to give you a bit of context because it's only our family and the Hill family that have seen the doco. Here is the, here is the trailer, um, and this is not like a promo, but it is on Disney Plus if you want to go watch it tonight. But anyway, here, here, it, here it is. Thanks. Does it feel different to be up there without a rope? It's obviously like much higher consequence. People who know a little bit about climbing, they're like, oh, he's totally safe. And then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out. I've thought about El Cap like for years, and every year I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. El Cap is the most impressive wall on Earth. It's 3,200 feet of sheer granite. It's the center of the rock climbing universe. Obviously, I get interview questions about it all the time. Oh, would you like to do that? You're like, yes, for sure. So you're a girlfriend now, I heard. It's awesome. (laughs) Pretty much makes life better in every way. It's really hard for me to grasp why he wants this. But if he doesn't do this stuff, he'd regret it. 
everybody who has made free soloing a big part of their life is dead now. I haven't been injured in like seven years. I suddenly start getting injured all the time. What if something happens? Ah. What if I don't see him again? I could just walk away, but it's like, I don't want to. I've always been conflicted about shooting a film about free soloing just because it's so dangerous. It's hard to not imagine your friend falling through the frame to his death. I think when he's free soloing, that's when he feels the most alive, most everything. How can you even think about taking it away from somebody? No mistakes tomorrow. Starting to get kind of psyched. If you're pushing the edge, eventually you find the edge. I can't believe you guys are actually gonna watch. Hey Jimmy, do you copy? Just started climbing. <sighs> Crazy, hey? Crazy. So I'm not sure what comes into your mind when you see something like that. Maybe like, there's no way I'm ever getting above the third step of the ladder at home. There's no way I'm, I, I'm on that at all. But maybe there's something about achievements like that that stir something inside of us, a desire to break free and overcome challenge. I, I, I tend to watch things like that and think, I can do that. I could do that. I could do that. And then I remember, no, I could not do that. <laughs> then, then I'll try one of that, you know that, uh, there's one of that rock wall at um, Scarborough Beach, the one near the, and then you like do two steps, fall off and go, no, I could not do that. Okay, okay, okay. But you know what? We often look at, at people who take courageous journeys or overcome some huge obstacle and think, well, I could never go through that situation. Yet the majority of the time, this courage can be traced back to small decisions that they've made a lot earlier. Without um, giving spoilers away, he, he practices over and over again with ropes before heading up. There's, there's a scene where he, with like total recall, um, recounts about 15 moves that he has to do, you know, three fingers to this one while doing a ninja kick to this one while, you know, I won't embarrass myself by trying to show you what it's, um, you know, what it's like. And, and all this adds up to what I said earlier that we look at these great feats of courage and often forget the parts that lead up to this achievement. They, they, even, they even scan his brain in an MRI machine thing and they actually discover that his amygdala, which is the part that controls your fear response, your fight, your fight or flight, is actually very inactive. And so it takes a lot, obviously, uh, to get fear going for him. So all these small things, they add up to this moment of courage. And you might be thinking, interesting talk. Sorry, is this like the Rock Climbing Association's like annual Easter event? Or like what is, what is, what is going on here? But, you know, when we, when, when we look at that, as great as all the human courage has been, the greatest, most courageous event of history is the cross, is the life, the sacrifice, the, the pain that was endured by Jesus is second to none. Why? Because of who he is and who he was. 
The, the, the Bible describes it like this. I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2, and just to extend our rock climbing metaphor. As I, as I read this passage, I want you to think of, uh, you know, like the typical cartoon mountain, like the big triangle with the flats either side. But I want you to think of it, it's inverted, okay? So it looks like a V, line down and then up. Because in this verse, it describes what Jesus was like. It describes how he starts high. He actually descends down. And then after descending to the depths of you can't get any further down, he then starts to rise up. That's, the, that's like the, the trajectory of this verse. So see, see if you can pick it. This is Philippians 2. It'll be on the screen behind me. Speaking of Jesus, it says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as, thing, as a thing to be grasped. So he was up here. But he emptied himself, he's taking the journey down now, by taking the form of a servant, further down, being born in the likeness of men, further down, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, further down, by becoming obedient, further down, to the point of death, even death on the cross. Right at the bottom. But watch, watch the next verse. Therefore... God has highly exalted him, bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. And so at the name of Jesus, exalted again, that every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, the fact that God would come down to us in human form, that he would lay down his life for you and I, this is the most courageous journey of all history. The key moment of Christianity is that God came down. He didn't make a stairway to heaven for us to walk up if we're good enough, if we follow the rules, if we do enough good deeds to, you know, out, outlive the bad. No, the message of Easter is that God, as Jesus Christ, the Son, came down to us, to you right where you are, right here, right now right in whatever mess or whatever challenge or whatever uncertainty or maybe just in whatever mundane, you know, work, weekend, holiday sometime, you know, repeat cycle, whatever thing you find yourself in, Jesus came down into that. You know, how did Jesus have the courage to endure the cross with all its pain, humiliation and betrayal? And so tonight, like I said, uh, feats of great courage can be traced back to, to smaller decisions that are made. So, so I, I want to take you to an event for Jesus which happens just before he goes to the cross. So Jesus knows that the cross is coming. He was always in a relationship with Father God. The Bible recalls how he would often uh, withdraw from his disciples to be alone with God in prayer. And so one of these times when he's praying, he's praying in what's known as the Garden of Gethsemane. And so I'll read it to you. This is Matthew 26 be on the screen behind me again from verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as, my, not as I will, but as you will. You see, there's so much in this short passage that we could discuss, but remember earlier I read the, the Philippian scripture about the descent of Jesus. 
You see, it's a little hard to wrap our heads around, but we believe that Jesus, while on earth, uh, Chris mentioned it earlier, was both fully God and fully human. And as you read the Bible, as you see Jesus in the New Testament, you see both of these attributes come through at different times. But right here in this garden prayer, we see the humanity of Jesus as he asks Father God, is there another way? Can we get this done without the cross? You see, tonight we're talking about courage, and if you're a note-taker, you can write this down. It's the fact that everyone faces a crisis of courage. There's big ones, there's small ones, there's very serious ones, and there's, you know, slightly humorous ones as well. Maybe for you, it's a crisis of courage. It's about fear again. And maybe it's every time you set foot in somewhere like Adventure World, there's a crisis of courage. Will I go on the Goliath, which is my favorite ride, by the way, or not? You know, will I, will I get on the giant roller coaster or not? Uh, my wife, Rachel, um, we went there a number of years ago, and she took her, her dad on this ride. It's called the Black Widow um, I think there's a photo made. No, there's no photo of it. Don't worry. She took, um, it's, it's this like high up, spins around or whatever, and her parents are over east at the moment, so I can talk about them and then they can't correct it or anything like that. But, um, but, but I remember telling the story. She took her dad on this, um, on this ride and it was like, you know, spinning around and it is quite jolty, that one. And apparently he growled at her during his like, Rachel, get me off this thing. Anyway, it's just <laughs> hilarious. Feel free, if you know him, feel free to mention it to him when they, when, 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 when they get back. But you see, a crisis of courage. But even Jesus faced a crisis of courage in the garden of Gethsemane. He asked the Father if the cup could be taken from him. You see, Jesus understands the crisis of courage that we face because he faced it also. The Bible talks about Jesus this way uh, in Hebrews. It's later on in the New Testament, verse uh, chapter 4, sorry, 14 and 15. Talking about Jesus, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He's not off somewhere aloof, not knowing what we're going through, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You see, Jesus is not some deity that's way off in the clouds somewhere. He lived on earth. He understands our weakness. He understands what we face. He understands us and he faced his own crisis of courage. You see, Jesus asked the Father, he said, can this cup be taken from me? This cup was not just a representation of his blood and the physical suffering that he would go through on the cross. Uh, we took communion tonight, which represented, as, as Chris so eloquently described, the, his, his blood and his sacrifice. Uh, but in the Bible, the cup is also used as a metaphor for the, for the wrath or the, the anger of God. And so in this moment, Jesus saw the anger of God about to be poured out on him. Why? Because Jesus was about to take our place. He's about to take my place. He's about to take your place. He was the stand-in. He was the sacrifice on our behalf. But what does Jesus do when he's faced with this crisis of courage? We read it before. I'll, I'll show you again. Matthew 16, 26, he prays this. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus had the courage to look in the face of suffering, death, and despair and trust 
that there is life on the other side of the cross. He trusted the Father. He trusted his purpose. And he trusted his plan. So tonight as we wrap up pretty soon, maybe Ben can come and join me on the keys. He, um, uh, I want to ask you this question. Whose will will you choose? Whose will will you choose? Will you follow the example of Christ and say, I, I don't know about this laying down my life or becoming a Christian or, or following Jesus. It sounds, it sounds tough. It sounds difficult. It sounds like giving up of, of a lot of things. Will, will you choose your own will and desire or will you choose God's will? You see, will you, will you choose because you're pretty sure you know what's best for your life? Will you think that you see everything clearly, that you can look ahead and make the best judgment call? Is there someone else? Is there a God who created you, a God who formed you, has a plan and a purpose for your life that might actually have a better zoomed out view of our life, that he sees the end from the beginning, that he sees how it all works together, that, that his love and his grace and His purpose for our life is the best. You see, courage always looks beyond the current climate to trust in something beyond. Even our own life's journey, I'm sure we could all remember moments, even, maybe even if we don't identify them as being connected with God, but where we trusted something beyond ourselves. Where our own thinking thought one way, but then there was just just some spark, just, just something beyond us that we thought, you know, I, I, can, I can trust in that. Can, can I tell you that's God's plan for your life, that He has purpose, that He has hope, that He wants to fill you with His love and His peace and His purpose. You see, when we choose our will, what we get is we get control. And hey, I, I'm with you. A lot of time we like that. Like, let me be in control. Come on, let me, you know, let, let me be the driver, not the passenger. Google Maps, no, we don't like the person telling us what direction to go, you know. But, but I think what we all discovered, particularly maybe through the season of COVID, is that what we thought we had control of was just an illusion of control. You see, when we choose our own will, we think that we're getting control. But when we choose God's will, we get courage. Not our own courage, not, not drawn up from the depths of our own soul, but God's courage, His strength filling our lives, His Spirit, His peace, His presence. You see, Jesus looked through the pain and the defeat of the cross to joy. Hebrews says it like this, Hebrews 12, 2. Because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now He is seated in the place of honour besides God's throne. You see, when we face a crisis of courage, will we decide to choose God's will over our own? Because as we do that, He comes and He fills us with His promise. And this is, in fact, this is, this is the promise of Jesus. He spoke this to His disciples before He went to the cross. But this is Matthew 16, 24 to 26. I'm going to finish on this verse. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever feels like they're in control, 
they're actually not in control. But whoever loses his life for my sake, that is, says, not my will, but your will be done, will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You see, the power of Easter, particularly Good Friday, is that Jesus wasn't just some nice teacher who said these, you know, great, challenging, you know, philosophical things. No, He lived this. He lived this. We read earlier, He came in the likeness of sinful flesh, the Bible says. He came down to us. He lived like this. He didn't just preach like this. He lived like this. He sacrificed His life for you, for me on a cross. And so our question tonight is, will you surrender your life, your will to God? Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe you've never done that before. Uh, maybe like Chris mentioned, you're like, oh, I thought this place would fall down if I walked in or, you know, what, what, whatever. Maybe, maybe that's you. Or may, maybe, maybe you grew up going to church or had some form of religion and you went, you know, no way, none, none, none of that anymore. But there's something about a life of Jesus Christ that just speaks to you, just draws you in because His life is like no other. I, I, I want to let you know whether you've never made that decision before, whether you've made that decision a long time ago that tonight is an opportunity just to say yes to Jesus, to lay down our will, say, not our way, God, but your way. I, I, I wanna live my life with you. And so tonight, I'd love you to uh, just take a moment and, and, and bow your heads and close your eyes. Tonight, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus Christ. As I said, this may be the first time, or it may be, you know, you may have done it before, but tonight, in a moment, we're all gonna say a prayer. But before we do that, just so we can help have that lie in the sand moment, that commitment to Jesus Christ. If you're here and you've never made that decision before, or you have and something's come to disconnect God from you, I, I, I'd love you just to, while every head is bowed and eyes closed, I'd love you just to lift your hand right now. I'll see your hand. You can put it back down. Can we have a